Hello, Pubcast fans. Welcome to episode 121 of the Agile Pubcast with myself, Paul Goddard, and my good friend and colleague, Jeff Watts. In this episode, we're talking about getting back to -to face-to-face training. It's been a long old pandemic, but we're generally coming to the end of it, hopefully in the UK, fingers crossed. And the prospect of training people in a room came up. We talked a little bit about Jeff's anxiety and my anxiety in bringing that back into a face-to-face format and how training and speaking and coaching has changed during the pandemic. That led on to some discussions about conferences and how they are, in fact, by design, always out of date. And we finished with a little bit of a thoughtful chat about how much value we add and the fact that we should celebrate the value that we add as coaches every now and again. Please take note that this episode does contain some wind noise on the microphones. We tried to edit it out as best we can, and we hope it doesn't spoil your listening too much. Still, it's great to be back. Me and Jeff have had a nice long break over the uh, the summer period, so we got back behind the microphones, and it's great to have you on board. If you are interested in checking out our Patreon account, to where you can subscribe and, and contribute a small amount each month to get some extra content, then check out patreon.com forward slash the Agile Pubcast. Right, I'm done. Let's get on with the content. Here we go. Here comes the jingle. Cheers, bud. Cheers, matey. Cheers, everybody. This the the fag end of the British summer, as they say. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that today. No, it feels beautiful. Sunglasses on, the, the blue skies. Um, it's beautiful. T-shirts on still. If people can see on the, the, if you are looking at the video version, you will see how beautiful the blue skies are. Cloudy, but still very very sunny. <clears throat> and we're outside. Where are we, Jeff? Well. On the outskirts of my hometown, <clears throat> at a cider shop oh. that has been around for decades, but yeah. recently been expanded. So the, the the company has been around for decades. The shop has only been around for a couple of years, and it's it's um, very trendy. So I don't know whether that's still a word. No. It's probably not a trendy word, but yeah, farm shop type style with craft ciders, lots of different ciders, um, and we've just had a lovely ploughman's lunch, and we, we did, with scotch yeah. eggs, and cheese, and crackers, and chutney, yes. and... very English kind of mm. summer's lunch, wasn't it? We're going to hang on to this summer, because it didn't really feel Clinging like a hard one. Yeah. But, yeah, what are you drinking there, sir? Well, um, obviously there are a few bottles in the fridge here, um, so I'm dabbling with some fruity raspberry and lime cider. Mm-hmm. This is Benson's eccentric English cider. Um, so this is local. It's not. It's not made at this uh, here at Dunkerton's, but it's made at Sandy Hill Farm in Gloucestershire. So that's just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, raspberry and lime. So I've had something in lime. There's old moot do an old uh, something in lime. Kiwi and lime. Kiwi and lime there, don't they? But this is raspberry and lime. It's quite nice. You can, can see you that. Can you tell the, the difference? It's just fruit, isn't it? It's so it doesn't fruit. taste like apples, is it? What's the predominant flavour? Berry. Mm. It's predominantly raspberry, and it's definitely a raspberry tanginess. Right. With a hint of lime. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, as you'd expect, really. Yeah. Fizzy, fizzy Ribena. Okay. Yeah, 4%, it's lovely. And on a day like today, when it's hot, 
Perfect. Got the wasps it's very uh, refreshing. Yeah. And I'm drinking one of their more recent releases, although it's made from. What's the word I'm looking for? One of the more staple apples. Yeah. So if you make a blended cider, then a dabinet is often one of them. Right. Uh, but this is just the dabinet apple, I believe. Is it? <clears throat> uh, so it's kind of, they call it bittersweet. And, um, yeah, it's, I think it tastes of more than apples. Mm. I'm not really quite sure. I would say on the pinky side of, of an apple rather than a greeny apple. It says here it scores high on the tannins scale. So yeah. you've got sweetness, which is quite low because it's a dry Tannins scale. are bitter, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, it's, it's a smooth, full tannics character, it says. Mm. Well, I'm not an expert on ciders like you, sir. No, I know, I appreciate that. Well, not many people are, Jeff. No, but it's very nice. And I do like a nice cider in a, on on a summer's, summer's afternoon. Yeah. So, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm what's, good. what's happening? What's occurring? Um, well, I've just come back off a, a bit of a break over the summer, which was nice. Always nice to take. As, as our listeners will know, we had a little bit of a time away, time off with the family, which is always nice. Well, you did. You didn't, then. <laughs> no, but, um, no, that was good. What about you? You uh, didn't get any time off. No. Work through. Solid. No, we've actually cancelled our upcoming holiday as well. Which is a bit of a oh, heartbreaking thing to do. Because of COVID? Yeah, just basically the uncertainty of um, not sure what's going to happen with you know, kids not being vaccinated and where we're going is still on the amber list. And no there's, signs of it changing. To the green. destination is still very mask heavy. Right. Um, and so it was just too much of a risk to, but it might be stress and we don't want a holiday to be stressful. No, it's the last thing you want. <clears throat> so we decided to. Hit that on the head, swallow it up, and say maybe next year. Because it, it is, uh, and I'm not a massive fan of, of taking those risks anyway. And just to think that you could be on a plane, you could catch worst case, you catch COVID on because you're in a container with you know yep. there might be one other person on there that's got some kind of it's asymptomatic. I mean, I'm pretty confident we've all had it, so it, the chance of us getting it again yeah, so true. soon are relatively low. But there's always that chance. Yeah. Well, there's that, 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 that nagging thought. And then imagine having to get there and then find, or even someone that was on your plane that wasn't you got it. You'd yeah. still have to isolate because everyone would they'd have your name on the manifest. And they'd probably, in a country like wherever it was, assume it's not the UK, but you're more than likely going to have to isolate because you were on the sort of plane with someone who contracted COVID. So you could spend your holiday in a hotel room yeah. and not be able to go out. Yeah, which would be a disaster. Which would be a, a catastrophe. So yeah, in that respect, I'd rather just, for us, the Goddards we're parking our holiday plans for this year certainly well it was a safe to fail experiment in a way you got your money back so we booked it knowing that we could get our money back yeah we were hoping that it would get to the green list yeah by that by this time um, so we so had due for October was it this yeah. One? yeah so there was little little downside apart from the psychological aspect of we kind of geared ourselves up yeah. for a holiday um, and and you know, we haven't had a holiday for two years and thinking that that would be that would be nice and you told the kids <coughs> were the kids hoping for it yeah yeah but they understood yeah so 
yeah, we'll uh, hopefully next year. But I'm I'm pleased with how things are going here. You know, we've we've taken the plunge and decided to um, schedule some some face-to-face courses again, oh, yeah. which <coughs> which I'm looking forward to. I, as you know, well, we've kind of gone down different paths this this lockdown. You've really in, you've done quite a bit of the online training, and yeah. people have been loving it. I'm <coughs> very jealous of all the positive feedback that you're getting. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, 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 it didn't do anything for me, so I haven't. And so I'm really craving getting back into a room with some sticky notes and some sharpies and some real 3D people. Um, so yeah, it's in November. Fingers crossed. <coughs> we don't have another relapse. I'm probably a bit more nervous about it than you think. Oh, oh don't get me wrong. I'm nervous. <laughs> I have. <coughs> so, I, so you've been teaching. You have. I, have, I teaching. haven't taught a course for two years. I remember years ago having a month, or no, it was maybe it was longer, maybe six weeks off, <laughs> coming back and doing a course, and uh, I'd, I'd forgotten the Agile Manifesto. <laughs> I was standing at the front of the room. Uh, what's the fourth value of the Agile Manifesto? Come on, class. One of you must know. On your tables, please. Quickly, someone, please. Someone Google it quickly. <clears throat> okay, you've got five minutes. Shame on you. Shame on you, class. <laughs> you need to figure this out. Nice reversal. Nice reversal. <clears throat> But yeah, it's uh, who knows? I can't. Maybe I won't remember what to do. But it is, it is a different. So I, I had a few people this this, this last couple of weeks saying that how much they love being at home. The love, even online training. Yeah, you know, they they just like this suits them. It suits their their way of life. It suits their um, their routine. It suits their setup at home. It suits their home life, and they completely grasped the nettle with that yeah so I, I suppose I, I'm now worried that it, it'll go the other way that people I think it maybe six to twelve months ago people were desperate to get back back in face to face I'm not so sure people are as desperate anymore um, and will but they they'll be expecting will they find it uncomfortable will standing up in front of a flip chart be too close be too much will sharing sharpies be too much I, I think I'll be I'll be Particularly, second-guessing everything that I ask someone to do yeah. in a face-to-face class. Now, hmm. I mean, we used—I know um, I've been doing a, a staple in my CSM, as many scrum trainers do for a long time, with the, which is the ballpoint game. I'm not so sure I'd be that keen. I'm not so sure I'd be that comfortable with asking people to throw balls around in a group of strangers that they've just met and equally in that game you've got to there's a you know, there's not really much social distancing if you want to change your where you're standing in that game you've got to stand you could well have to stand quite close to someone and people, maybe people might not want to do that either well there's a good <coughs> there's a good learning metaphor there isn't it physical distance reduces collaboration <laughs> yeah gets you so we might end up with a bad result but that, yeah, I think... It might help you quantify the cost of social distancing in productivity. Yeah. Looking at the effect of the pandemic on uh, our ability to collaborate or to come up with some new solutions. But yeah, I think it's... Um, I'll be quite nervous. I'll be quite worried about how people... Whether I think I'll give people much more options to participate or not. I always was nervous. You know this about me. I always was nervous about public courses. Well, even private courses. Any kind of training, I was always nervous about. Um, so, 
it's people not. wouldn't think that. So people. No, they don't. They, they don't, don't might not me. know you, but but I'll tell you, listeners. Jeff's a bag of nerves um, when he's uh, just before we start, aren't you? I am. Um, and so nerves won't be a new thing for me. I, but I, I'm probably more excited than I would have been two years ago. Yeah. To get back into it. Yeah. So I think there will be a, a net positive. If, if we get enough people interested, of course, I mean, like you say, you, we, you, we don't know yet. Um, maybe maybe it is too soon for some people, but I know I've had quite a few messages from people saying they're really looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, will the room setup be different, do you think? Will be people sit further apart, less people per table? How are you, how are you imagining it was going to look? Will it look like a different course? So I'm... I might be... I might be really, mm, I might be getting this completely wrong, but in my head, I'm just going to treat it like a normal course. Okay. I'm going to sit them. I'm going to set the tables up as they were. I'm going to run exercises as I would normally run them. I'll be sharing boxes of Lego. Yeah. They'll be around one post. They'll be yeah sharing sharpies. And if they want to, I think the only difference will be they'll have uh, hand sanitizer on their tables, and they can sanitize. If people want to wear masks, they can wear masks. Mm-hmm. But I'll be treating it as a as a normal course. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that. I, I think that's just my. I don't like to tell people what they can and can't do. I think they're adults. They can figure it out. Yeah. Um, I think I'm worried about putting people in a situation where they feel they have to join in with something they're not comfortable with. But like I say, if they're adults, they'll probably opt out. They'll probably yeah. say thanks very much, but no thanks. This is not for me right now yeah so I suppose that would be part of the logistics at the start wouldn't it like we normally say you know, your work and agreements might be different yeah like please turn your phones off please, please look after your own social distancing and height yeah don't and sneeze on people and your that personal kind of hygiene yeah yeah but we'll see we'll see I mean if it doesn't I think um, there's a there's a risk because I haven't taught many classes I, I'm I, I need to have taught, if I want to keep my ability to teach classes, I have to t- teach a certain number of people, and I, just, do, I yeah. just, I just haven't really been doing it. Um, and if, if, if things continue to be online training, I think that will be it. I think I've taught my last course. Really? Yeah, I think so. I said, just it didn't do anything for me. No. It worked. The feedback was great, but it didn't do anything. Have for you me. had people? People ask you to do some online stuff? Uh, not anymore. No? No, they did to begin with. But um, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe I just don't People really look for it anymore. Because <clears throat> I never really positioned myself as a trainer as such. I suppose, yeah. Uh, that's not necessarily what people t- come to me for. It's sort of a secondary ask. Mm. Maybe I just give off the vibes. But there's things that I think... And I, I, like you said, I have done... I've done some online training since the, all this nonsense started and I, I'm pretty sure that for me will probably carry on because I think I think there's still some demand for that at the moment um, but I had a request the other day to come into a company and um, do some observations um, basically appraise where they are with their own yeah. scrum implementation which is ordinarily I would normally go in you know fine I'll go into a company somewhere in the UK wherever it is drive or train or whatever go down there stay the night before go in for the day nine to five sitting on various sessions 
chat with as many people as I can and get a good idea of what they're, what they're up to, what they're, what's going on, and give them some observations. So I had a company come to me this week, asked me the same thing. I said, yeah, I can do that. Gave them some options and some dates and some prices. Um, and the request came back, well, a lot of our stuff now is remote. So a lot of our planning sessions, retrospectives are all remote for people yeah. that don't, aren't coming into the office, which is, of course, absolutely right. But that part of, for me, the, that part of the appraisal was that little bit harder if I can't be in an environment in in and i know it's it is different i know it's remote is it's probably here it's certainly here to stay but for me if i'm trying to get a sense of the environment i think i think personally i i get more if i'm in that environment rather than connected via a via broadband to it yeah um i suppose maybe for me it's it's the non-verbal communication that you, you see in people's reactions and sensing the the level of engagement in the room that you can't really as easily, especially if I'm being asked to do that on a snapshot. So I think it's easier to, to read that face-to-face than it is online. So, so did you say no? I haven't replied yet, to be honest. It's on my, it's one of those things on my email back I'm thinking I need to reply to them because it's been a day. And um, I don't really know how to how to reply. Um, yeah, I've, um, the one-to-one coaching that I do, not a problem online. I've been doing that for years anyway. Mm. And um, although I had some doubts to begin with, it's it's proven to be absolutely just as effective. In some cases, even more effective. Um, the odd occasion, but in most cases, just as effective online as, as in person. But the the group facilitation nowhere, nowhere near as no. much. And um, I think you're right. Yeah. I, it, I've done quite a bit of um, online talks conferences like presentations Q&A's type thing and they've all, they've all generally been okay although interestingly for me reflecting on this so again some of the some of our long-time listeners will will know that I had and in many ways still do have a fear of public speaking and uh, the whole you know the, 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 the psychosomatic the, the physical manifestations of heart racing and clammy palms and stress and sweating and stuff um, and I've got better at it over the years but the idea now if you if you've gone back to 20 years in time and told 20 uh, whatever year old me that you'd be making a living partly from doing public speaking I would have spat my cider out in your face <laughs> at, at, the, at the idea of it but uh, I've become a lot better at it but um, years ago if I'd have had the option of either standing on a stage in front of a hundred people giving a talk or sitting in my shed just looking at my screen with potentially some kind of script around Mm. and not being able to see anybody's faces I would have chosen that but recently there was a there was a session I can't remember what it was for I think it was um, the Agile 20 Reflect something like that and my Apple Watch was going mental at me my heart rate oh really yeah my heart and I was losing my breath and I was <coughs> sweating dripping with sweat my heart yeah. rate, and it was saying your heart rate has been above like 170 beats per minute <laughs> for 20 minutes yeah really? it was, I think it was on the case of call, calling my emergency contact really um, and uh, there was nobody there it was just my screen and I think now I'm just because there's lack of feedback that yes. lack of yeah. uh, now I, I, 
I used to shy away from it because I was imagining the, the negative things that people were thinking. Yeah. Now, now I, I crave the people nodding along with yeah. you, just the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I being able to interact a little bit, you know? A lot of these sessions, you can't talk to them. No. I'm told that even if you ask them a question, there's a two-minute lag mm. before what they show up in the chat shows up. I presume it's because they want to make sure that people just can't say rude things yeah. or they don't get, what's yeah. the word? Zoom bombed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, w- I wonder if that's elevated not just in you but in many people. This 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 lack of feedback kind of amplified this imposter uh, the imposter syndrome that we a lot of us do have is that when you don't you're not hearing that you're doing a good job. I think I've forgotten how important that is, and, and you can get you can get some sense of it and usually at the end of a course or whatever even online I'll ask people if they enjoyed it or, you know, or what their feedback was but there's nothing I think there's nothing quite the same as like you said just a, a nod it's completely unnatural to talk for 40 minutes <laughs> and not have some kind of acknowledgement that you're I mean I, to me I'm just a madman talking in my shed out loud yeah how is that different then from something like TED when you're because you've said, so Jeff, you've done TED, um, TED TEDx. Yeah. Um, there was an audience. But could you see the audience? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there were lights, so you couldn't yeah. necessarily make out of it. But even then, you can still make out a few people in the front row and what have you. So, yeah, yeah. You're, but you are, because you probably are looking for that. You want that kind of feedback, don't you? Yeah. Like I said, there were times when, you know, in the past, you'd get someone stand up and walk out and you immediately think, oh, they hate what I'm saying. They hate yeah. me. Yeah. I'm terrible. Yeah. Um, but then you kind of rationalise it. Well, no, no, actually, they probably just need to go somewhere, uh, or they're in the wrong room, or whatever. Um, and now, I think unconsciously, I'm imagining the, the lack of the silence means, well, I must be mad. I must be mad. By the end, when, when I finish, there's probably no one left because there's just no nothing, no response whatsoever. So you start I, to question yourself. Do you think? You think yeah. Am I talking nonsense? I'm an I always question myself, but I think that 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 uh, amplifies it. So I have just been asked to do, um, so I'm doing a session next week at a conference and it was sort of 50-50 as to whether it was going to be face-to-face or online. Right. And they asked me my preference and I said definitely face-to-face. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's going to be online. Right. Um, and I have just been asked to do uh, a talk abroad face-to-face okay. next May. Okay. Which is a long way away. It's yeah. a long way away. Um, which I think is an interesting concept in its own right. Come on. Like, well, they, they, they're planning this conference over a year in advance. And I know why, because they've asked me before and I've said, well, I'm they booked up for a while. In the diary, yeah. And it's not just me. Uh, lots of people are booked up, right? And if they want these, these good speakers uh, and me, then uh, <laughs> they, they need to ask in advance. But what comes with saying yes is, so what are you going to talk about? Yeah. So we need a title. We need an abstract. We need to know what you're going to talk about. And... That's almost a year in advance. Yeah. Now, whatever I'm going to talk about has to have already happened. Yes. Or I have to have already thought about it. Yes. And if it's going to be good, then I have to have probably practiced it, got some feedback on it, inspected and adapted on it. Yeah. So you're looking at... I remember when I was on um, part of the track for Agile Alliance conferences, and we were selecting submitters, and you know, we need to be confident that they're a good speaker, we need to be confident mm-hmm. that they know their topic... 
But equally, almost paradoxically, we don't want something that's old. We want something that's new, yeah. but also confident that it works and people like it. So, okay. But so imagine, let's say, a, a year's worth of experience to, to have something worth talking about, then to be able to have you know, uh, rationalised it, turned it into something presentable, then inspected and adapted it, and then you've got something that you could present to something that's going to happen a year in advance. Conferences are by design out of date. So I was quite lucky with this thing that I'm doing next week. Yeah. In that they didn't ask me for the abstract. They basically just said, you know, the theme of the conference is this. Yeah. Do you think you have something to say or will you have something to say in that theme? And I said, yes. Mm. And they said, okay, well, we know you're a decent speaker, uh, so we'll put you down. Yeah. And it was only, uh, where are we now? So only like three or four days ago, they said, have you got a title yet? Have you got a abstract we can share just in case you know people are thinking um so i could it could be as relevant as possible but that but like you say relevant now isn't necessarily relevant in may next year and are people going to what the what, exactly. what value does that does that abstract give them assuming that they know you were worth waiting for i don't necessarily think that people who are attending i don't even know what the conference is but Will they deter? Will the title of your talk determine whether or not they they sign up? I Probably very not. much doubt it. Probably not. So yeah, what what's why hassle you on an abstract? Why not just name you as a as a speaker? Which is uh, from a privileged position of being asked to speak at correct is is easier to say, but people who are effectively pitching to but present you, at a you probably know. say so what do you do and I know I could talk for an hour um, and engage them and, and work out how it's relevant to them so I, I've got that experience and that confidence and that confidence even though I still have nerves and doubts and all that I think also you you like to you like to come up with an original stuff so you would because I'm a, a different speaker who's yeah. has a who's done the circuit let's yeah. say would say okay and knowing that it's a new audience would roll out something they've done before. Maybe not that long ago, but maybe it's a, a talk they did six months ago. I so. hate the idea of someone coming along to see me and having I know. that same And again, talk. That's that, so some people wouldn't worry about that, no. but I think knowing you as well as I do, I think you would, you, you'd like to think every, everyone here that can't run the risk that someone's seen yeah. us before, because yeah. then they'll be disappointed. Yeah. But there might be 500 other people that haven't. Yeah. So there's an element there that you, you may well be making additional work for yourself. Oh, almost certainly. And putting that extra pressure on yourself to be good and new as yeah, well yeah. as just good. And um, it's something that I've had coaching on in the past, actually. And the um, the interesting um, sort of insight that my coach gave me at the time was, when you go and watch, when you go to a gig, which songs do you like the most? 
ones you've heard before, right? You don't yeah. want to hear the new album. Exactly, yeah. uh, you want the ones that you can sing along to. And I know I'm not a performing artist like Elton John or whatever, but that idea of people do like the familiar, they are comfortable with that. And people want, yeah. They will need to hear the same message multiple times yeah. before it's internalized. That is true. So I've practiced it multiple times, but they've only heard it once, yeah. and they've only picked out like a few snippets. So those are the affirmations that I give myself that make it a little bit easier to deal with. But still, it's... Um, My, um, one of my friends, two of my friends uh, who I play rugby with, who probably don't listen to this podcast. One of them might. No, actually, they probably both with me. They went to a music concert on Monday last week. Oh, nice. Delamitri. Oh, yeah. Um, what's the one song? If you, do you know any Delamitri songs? I do. Runaway Train? No. Well, that's not the one I was thinking of. Okay. Their, their most popular UK hit, apparently, was something called Nothing Ever Happens. I'll sing it to you. So nothing ever happens. Nothing happens at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Didn't play it. Really? Live concert. Wow. And kind of time was going. John, my friend John, was saying time was going on. Um, gets to the encore. Yeah. Uh, and he picks up a guitar Obviously. for the last yeah. song. And everyone's going. Here, it is. Here we go. Yeah. Play something else. Burn. Yeah. So, and obviously everyone's talking about it. They expected. They'd expect you to talk about Scrum Mastery, yeah. surely. I know you've done a lot of the great things, <coughs> a lot of the greatest hits, Jeff, but... <laughs> but no, they, they would be expecting you to say certain things or, or yeah. to talk about certain subjects. So I don't think there's any shame in that. No. I went to see Billy Joel and he, he opened his concert by saying, nothing new, just the same old shit. <laughs> That's what he said. And everyone went, <laughs> Yeah. People do expect. You're right. People do expect it. But I, th I think that's just yeah. We, it's um, it's how I it's how I think, isn't it? You know, when I go to a conference, I want to hear something new. I want to learn something new. I, I yeah. I, I just like new. Don't want to be stale. Yeah. I think the, the, if anything, the um, that's an effect the lockdown has had on me. Being brutally honest, that I feel. Like I haven't been learning, and that's I think maybe in the early days I was much more pushing myself in the in that kind of chaotic, innovative stage when I thought I've got to branch out, I've got to you know, find another um, revenue stream here, I've got to find something else that works. And part of me um, did that, so I attended open spaces that I would never have attended before. Mm. I, did, I did things, that, you know, I looked people up, I made contact with people that I would never have made contact with before. I think, if anything, in the last six months, on the latter end of this pandemic, I've reverted to type and I've gone with a lot of online training that I, I know that now that I can do it. And I'm, but I'm doing it within the same four walls. And I think part of me gets some learning from appreciating what's going on in a company, in a business. Even just meeting people in a neutral location and learning more about their, their during the coffee breaks. Yeah. The coffee breaks that you get in online training now are silent yeah. because everyone, yeah, it's rightly so. People, we take a 10 minute break, people go off into their kitchens and yep. they make themselves a cup of coffee, but you're not having those incidental water cooler coffee breaks, whatever you want to call it, where you're learning a little bit more about people's situation and they're asking you a few more questions. So Yeah, the informality when your yeah. guard's down a little bit. Yeah, and they're getting a bit more value that way. And I, But to be fair, I, that's where I got value because I was starting to understand some of the nuance and some of the, the differences in companies and what they're actually doing. So I think part of me is also 
miss that. Yeah. And I feel I do feel a little bit uh, more insular, I suppose, just because I've been in the same four walls for <laughs> over eight. Feels like it is over eighteen months now, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Certainly approaching that. Yeah. It's amazing to think that uh, yeah, a, a good proportion of our working life has passed over this time. I find that crazy. Yeah. But that's the time of life we're at, I think. Anyway, <laughs> before we get dragged down that rabbit hole, um, what else is going on? What, 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 what other good stuff's going on? I think um, I'm enjoying my community. Yeah, tell yeah. me more. Well, um, so it started off as a, as a way of keep helping people like you've just described there, people who are feeling a little bit isolated. Um, not necessarily geographically, but the old, the odd you know, agile coach or product owner or scrum master in an organisation that hasn't really got a lot of huge you know, support around them internally um, and can't really go to public forums to discuss and you know, these kinds of things. It was a more of a closed, private, yeah. safe, ego-free space to just share challenges and experiences. Yeah. Um, so I shut down my newsletter mm-hmm. and sort of took a step back from social media and put a little bit more energy into this and um, no, it's, it's nice it's nice being able to connect and, and share experiences and it, since then so we've got a small group of people who are um, you know a little bit more committed to one another they know one another we have socials and yeah. things but then there's the, the wider community which you know, about 600 people or so yeah. um, and you know, we'll have <coughs> little coaching circles or um you know, articles, events, things like that, that just, I don't know, just help you. And the, the little messages you get, oh, this is really nice. I know, I am, I know I'm not saying anything, but I'm reading and it's nice. Mm. And um, yeah, it's nice to know I'm not the only one that's experiencing this and that kind of thing. Any, um, is that something you think post, I know that's an overly used phrase, post-COVID, but could, it be, could that be more face-to-face, in-person? Obviously, you're probably globally dispersed yeah. at the moment, but could localised elements of that community meet up for something more informal? Yeah, I mean, I haven't... It was, it's, it's come up in conversation. It's not Is something it? I put a huge amount of effort into thinking about yet, simply because I don't think it's the last responsible moment. I think we're some time away from that. But I can imagine a situation where, you know, we set up a, a coaching circle in person yeah. in London yeah. so maybe there's a chapter's probably the wrong word but you know we, yeah. pe- people in America because yeah. you can see members who are close to you physically okay. and okay. also have the same interests and all sorts yeah, of things yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah I could imagine something like that that happening where, in the future but yeah I haven't put any thought or effort into thinking how it might be structured mm. well, I hear good things about it so yeah a lot of people that come on my course or um, speak to me on social media saying that they're part of that community so it's obviously it's helping people out which is good hmm. so what, what's the what have you got on the horizon between now and the new year I know we're three months away but um, well a lot hopefully more of a blend of online and in-person stuff I'm going to try and get a bit more of that in-person element, not not just... So a couple of your clients are sort of back in the office, aren't they? Yeah, 
And I think there's, there's, um, there's plans for more to go back before Christmas. So that would be nice, nice to have a bit more of a variety of work. Um, and I'm not sure what else before Christmas. Um, I'd like to, some of my improv stuff, maybe in the new year, for my to take some of my improv stuff back to it or in, more in person. We've done a lot of online stuff, which is fine, but for me it's not still quite the same as reading body language of people yeah. face to face. So um, that would be nice. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't got any major projects on the go at the moment. Hmm. It's bimbling along. Well, I've started, um, so I've partnered up with a university who have uh, been selected by the government to provide some support for, uh, I'll say small businesses, that's probably not the right term. Yeah. Uh, to help them grow again. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, they're providing uh, sort of business training leadership training that kind of stuff yeah and I'm one of many mentors okay who are trying to help those people put the learning into action so I'm looking at it a little bit through a coaching lens mm -hmm. so as I've said before I don't have any actual knowledge I don't have any real skills mm -hmm. um, so even though I have a degree in accounting I, I, I know what a profit and loss is but you know they're probably just as good at it as me. I don't know. You know, I've done a little bit of marketing 101, but I'm not someone who can say this is what you should be doing. So as a mentor, not necessarily that valuable, but in terms of being able to coach them in terms of um, managing themselves to manage yeah. their business. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that, that's got a lot of potential. That's running for quite a long time. Okay. Um, got my first mentee next week. Yeah. Um, so these could be like running a local pizza franchise okay. to running a digital startup. It could be anything. So that's that's interesting. Um, when I decided, I, I decided to drink my own champagne, as they say, mm -hmm. take my own medicine, mm -hmm. eat my own dog food, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Back in February, March time, when I had so many plates spinning, yeah. I decided to stop spinning them and put my effort and focus into one area. That was in the the community yeah uh, and so I paused a number of other pieces that are still you know, just paused in motion you know, yeah work in progress in the uh, blocked column okay or paused column back on the backlog whatever you want to call it so there's a, a couple of other things that I might pick up again um, a couple of books that I started um, that might come back uh, different types of um, different types of coaching offerings mm-hmm um, and you know, I'm, I'm still trying to I'm still toying with the idea of every now and again you get asked well, you know, would you would you give up freelancing would you go back and work for a company and yeah. I've always said it would have to be something really special really really different to make me give up my autonomy but it's I think the last 18 months has had a an impact on that thinking do you know I, I really crave the idea of being part of a team and delivering yeah, 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 yeah. Um, something contributing towards a you know a really interesting purpose yeah I think it reminds me I think it was tweet I think it was um, Sal wasn't it Sal, oh yeah yeah she put a tweet out there saying along, along the lines of just tell me some stories about the good 
the good that you're doing with Agile and rather than making rich banks yeah, richer making, <laughs> something like lining that. the pockets of the, of the wealthy yeah. tell me something where you feel and I thought that was a nice firstly I can see exactly why she said it but secondly I just enjoyed reading the replies it was nice to hear that you know of, of the good that, that's happened and it's something that's, that's um, I've honestly thought about this winter um, about is there something I can do extracurricular to what I do now that might add some value? And I said to you earlier today, and I'll say it again, but I'd, I'd happily, you know, drive a delivery van round the local area if it, if it meant, you know, taking some of the pressure off the um, other businesses to, you know, to, to feed people at Christmas or, or to deliver presents at Christmas, whatever it might be. But I think I could do that. And that would, for me, that would, I'd feel like I was adding value to, to, to society in some mm. long distance lorry driving if I was ever allowed to do it if I ever had a license to do that I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind doing that probably for a short stint I, I just I always used to like trying stuff out when I was in my younger days I did um, I worked in a, a, a laboratory for six months learned a lot from that I, I probably learned that it wasn't never going to be for me permanently but I um, worked, worked in a cider factory worked in a cider yeah funnily enough we've come all the way around but I carried cider bottles around a cider factory. Got really fit and strong actually carrying cider around, just working in a lab. Um, you taught me how to wash bottles out very quickly. I did. <laughs> useless pieces of life, like a life hack. Yeah. Oh, it saved me about 17 seconds in total. <laughs> of your life yeah. that you would never have exactly. got back. But I, yeah, part of me thinks I'd love to to learn a little bit about and just to give it, you know, try different things out and do something that society probably needs at the time. I may still do that in leaner times, you know, mm. so, I, but I'm all for that. I think it does re-establish, re I think re-establishing your um, sense of purpose, I think, is a, a big part of what I do now and what I need to do more of. Yeah. When I had, um, it's nothing to do with software or what we do, but I had a lovely message from one of the parents of the kids that I coach at rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I just emailed um, the dad sorry not emailed I texted the dad to say look is your child going to come back because we haven't seen him for a couple of years okay yeah and he said um, thanks very much but he's happy at the moment he's not going to come back but I just wanted to say how great rugby has been for him and the coaching what that you did and that your team has done yeah has been really good for him on a personal or social level so it's little things like that you think yeah that's why for me that's why I do things like that it's not I'm not going to be a coach of kids or um, I'm not going to produce the next, you know, set of British Lions. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Um, I know my limits, but my job, I think, and it re those little messages re-establish that is that I'm there to make kids maybe a little bit more confident in a social setting, maybe a bit more collaborative with their their schoolmates, whatever, whatever it might be. But that's what I think the value is for me, and it's nice. To, it's nice, like as much as it is nice for you to hear feedback in a conference. I think it's the same thing for me. I think it's the same thing for everyone. You need to be reminded of that every now and again. It took us a while, but I think we got to a really interesting point there. Did we? Yeah. Go on. Well, I just thought you were talking about that. Every, um, so this was a extracurricular thing that you're doing, yeah. voluntary work, yeah. um, and ultimately teaching kids to play a sport that ends up with lots of people getting injured isn't particularly <laughs> helping society, though I'm being facetious, okay. obviously. Yeah. But the everyone, if they look at what they're doing, can pull out 
a bigger picture meaning to it and it's yeah. really important to do that yeah uh, and it I, I, I was on social media this morning and I saw this post and I you can never be 100% sure whether these are genuine posts or not but I want to believe it and it was a letter that this uh, senior gentleman had written to a hairdresser um, saying that you know he wanted to thank her for on behalf of his wife because his wife um, came in for a haircut and uh, he said immediately you know you noticed that she wanted to be treated properly uh, you turned her to face me you t treated her with respect turns out that she had Alzheimer's okay. um, and you know she absolutely loved her haircut. It turned out to be, he said, it turned out to be the last haircut she ever had oh, no. uh, before she died. But every morning she would look in the mirror and she would beam. Um, and he said, you, you probably cut 12 people's hair that day. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether you realise what, what you do for people, no. their self-esteem. Mm. I want you to know that this was an amazing thing that you did for my wife. And she, you know, she was a very happy person because of it. And no, it's a hairdresser. It's a haircut, right? But it has a meaning it has that person is serving society they are they are doing a good thing but it's easy to just get well i'm just cutting hair mm. or you know i'm just writing a creating a database mm. you know mm. uh, or i'm just testing some code but it, you know it's part of something and what it's is creating, that thing creating meaning, isn't it? yeah and i think, well, I think every, every job inevitably somewhere on the line it could, yeah, like, it could be cleaning toilets okay yeah, but if yeah. it's 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 providing that NASA story, isn't it? Yeah. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But the cleaner in NASA said, "What's your job?" I sent people to the moon. Yeah. Know, that type of thing. Greater, greater sense of purpose. Yeah, well, that's a nice way to end it's it. Nice. Isn't it's nice. Positive, isn't it? Yeah. Think well, we hope stay, you're stay okay, positive, people. everybody. We hope you're okay. Yeah. We hope to see some of you soon, maybe. Yeah, that'd be nice. In the in the flesh. We will in 3D. I think we are planning. Watch this space. We are planning a live pubcast soon yeah. with an audience so at the end of the month if you are in anywhere near Gloucestershire and you want to join us for a live episode then watch this space but other than that thank you to all of our lovely patrons who support us even with a pound a month we, <laughs> it, it all adds up and we have a nice Christmas party as a result we appreciate it and we love you and Cheers everyone. Ta-da. <laughs>